Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode 38, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. Santos. What's up, my brother? What's the word? It's There's a lot going on, man. Fucking baseball is rocking. Yeah, I was. Uh, I happened to be in Cleveland last night. Oh, were you? When they lost. Yeah. To Toronto. Yes. That was so. a bummer. <laughs> They were bummed because that would have been they, they would have been they, in the, they world, in the series. Up. They could have locked it up. Yep. But um, they did. They locked it up a couple hours ago. Oh, they, really? They, yep. They oh, beat Toronto. It was beautiful. Was it in Toronto or was it back in? Cleveland? It was in Toronto. Wow. So um, that town is stoked. They're like, oh yeah, they're really into their sports there, and they've just off the NBA championship. Now they've got a dude team going to the, the Cleve, the big show. Yeah, man. Yeah. And we've got some, I mean, at least for me, I've got a new like connection to Cleveland and some new love for that town. Yeah. So, um, and plus I've got like, well, Terry Francona is the manager of the, of the Indians and he was a favorite manager of the Red Sox. Um, and he got treated poorly there, and I've always loved that guy. He hmm. led us to our first World Series, and um, and so I'm love rooting for him, and love rooting against fucking Toronto. Fuck them, <laughs> you know they're in our division, and they're just like this this pain in the balls. They just never fucking go away. I can't stand them. Hmm. So great to see Toronto lose. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the other series is happening now too: Cubs and the Dodgers, which right. You know, which I got, you know, I got love for both teams. Um, I got love for both teams. But, I mean, at the end of the day, as t- t- is tired as it may be or whatever, like, you got to fucking root for the Cubs, right? I mean, you got to see the fucking Cubs win. Yeah. Yeah. I think, good. I mean, you know. I, I lived in Chicago for a few oh, that's years. that's right. And- yeah. I uh, went to I went to both a Cubs and a White Sox game. Sure, um, but the Cubs game at Wrigley is like, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge baseball fan. Right. I uh, recently had my interest in baseball stoked uh, again, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, oh, that's but, cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean Wrigley, it's amazing. I've never been. I'm ashamed to say, but now that I live in the Midwest, like. No good reason not to. Yeah, it should. Quick it should, flight. It should happen. Yeah. Shoot down there. Treat myself for sure. Go by you myself. De- you deserve it, Santos. You deserve it, man, <laughs> buddy. Thank if anyone you. deserves it, it's you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna next next season next year after they win the World Series. Sure. I'll go down there. And Are I'll, you into the like Chicago style dog? So last time I was in Chicago, um, I, I don't remember the place I got it. Um, it was like a, a it, well, I shouldn't say legit, but it was like a, a Chicago dog spot. Like right. it shows up on the yeah, list yeah. of the, you know, 38 essential. It's right down the street from a famous Italian beef place. So I went and I ate an Italian beef. Uh, I mean, that's where the, for, I'm like not that into the Chicago style dog. I think it's all right. It's I'm more whatever, of like yeah. a brat sausage guy anyway. Yeah. But the Italian beef sandwiches with cheese fries. Come on, man. Oh, man. That's some shit. Oh, my God. And the spicy jardinera. Yeah. Um, so I took one of those down and then walked three blocks and took down of a course, fucking- Of course. Like, 
any self-respecting human being does. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm, it's, and then walked and had a Chicago dog. Um, and a, you know, a beer. Ordered the beer and like. And then after that, you walked and got a deep dish pizza. No, no, no. <laughs> I ordered an Uber. Went back to the hotel <laughs> and took a nap. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, but the you know Chicago dog. You you. I want to like it more than I do, but who gives? It's a it's a sum of its parts. To be honest, it's nothing. It doesn't elevate itself. Like nothing does anything. The fucking green thing and the t- in the pot- tomato. Yeah, no thanks. Like every I'm, little I'm bit of it. I'm not into the like. I'm not that big of a condiment guy in the first place. Yeah, I think I feel like we've 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 talked about this a little bit, which I don't understand. And and actually, I remember this. You're not a mustard guy, which yeah, that's no baffles. mustard. No, thank you. Baffling, <laughs> absolutely baffling. Um, here's my thing with a hot dog. I'll go, like, I'm with you. I'm more of a, like, a classic sausage guy. Um, whatever it is, you know, brats, I kind of, to be honest with you, even though I've been here, I mean, you're, you're from Wisconsin, so... You're a brats, but yeah. you're you're already giving me this stink eye. Like yeah. I don't, I don't like get don't, like. Don't even, don't even go there, dude. There's not like, there's not, there's not like <laughs> enough. By the way, just so everyone knows, this is the first conversation you and I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this seriously? is literally the first conversation you and I ever had because <laughs> oh we were God. standing at a hot getting fucking hot. Oh dogs, my God, that's right. And you're you were right. like, brats, sausages. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got to school this fool in, like, where to go get fucking decent sausages in this town. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I'll tell you, man, still, five years later, the brat, it's it's not, it, a sausage needs to be fucking bold. And a bratwurst is not bold. Cheese brat, there's something there. There's some. I mean, I'm not saying you have to get a plain Jane fucking bratwurst. Beer brats, first of all. Well, be- Gotta yeah. go beer brat. Right, I get the, I've, the curry brats from Seward or from Kramarchik's. You got to go. The well, chi- that's something. The chicken brat at Seward is like one of the best. Like a, normally, a chicken brat is like a total sack of shit sacrilege. You've told me that. You've actually mentioned this before, and that's on the list. I I keep meaning to go to that co-op and get and that. You, and you get a a like a merguez. They make all of their sausages in house, and this is like not that far from your house. It's not that far from your house. I gotta go. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm I'm not looking to start a fucking sausage war here. Italian sausage. (laughs) Yeah, Italian Italian sausage sausage in this town. Um. Yeah. There's great Italian sausage. I love Italian sausage. Portuguese sausage, of course. German sausage. But. So I don't don't get it. (laughs) Oh man, it's just short. It falls flat for me. There's not like sage. What the fuck is in there? I mean, there's no like. There's nothing that like I, sausage needs to like hit you over the head, or have some like right. super defining quality. Like maybe it's not like super spicy or super. So do you cook like? And it doesn't. I'm not necessarily saying they have to be straight up plain bratwurst, but doing beer brats where you, you with get, the pan like, and the, the pan, onions, the pan and, and the, the beer, you get the onions, yes. the peppers and shit in it. You half cook. The brats on the grill, and then you transfer them into the pan. This is like the pro move if you're doing this, if you're like cooking brats for a lot of people too. You transfer them into the pan so they finish cooking in like 
So they get like half grilled, yep. half sort of boiled in the beer, and they take on. Oh my god! Yeah, I like I in San Francisco. I had a good buddy from Wisconsin, and you know we would we're always outside on the grill, and hit him with the fucking beer brats, always with the beer brats, yeah. and. So the the total unpro Wisconsin move that people do that I think is just like fucking stupid is they boil the brats. They basically cook the entire brat in like a big uh, pan or pot of beer with the onions and shit in it. The so fuck they basically is, cook the no entire caramelization. thing and then they grill it and then they no. just put some grill marks on it and hand it to you and it's like thanks for the fucking no. Might as well boil this in water. You got to be a philistine to eat like like you. That's anybody that that's not even unique to a brat. Like everybody knows it's standard cooking. You've got to caramelize something first before you get into right. liquid to get some. I know. I mean, that's it's what we're here for. We're here to fucking yeah. set the record straight. Exactly. Yeah. So let it be known. If you're doing anything, Correct don't fools. start in fucking water first, no matter what you're doing, unless it's fucking pasta. All right. It's about the only thing. Rice. Even rice. No, even then you should uh, substitute stock. Eh, that's true. And you're going to get more, or butter, and you're going to get more flavorful results. I do a big, um, so I'm trying to, I'm going to do, um, in the next couple days, I'm going to do a, um, a, uh, I got this Mark Bittman recipe for a fast tandoori chicken. Hmm. It's great. I've done it a bunch of times. Um, where you just marinate, uh, I do it in the Ziploc bag. So a couple of breasts, bone in preferably, take the skin off marinate in just simple uh yogurt um fresh ginger and garlic and uh, uh the the names escaping me now of the of that classic indian yellow spice the um oh you're talking about the um uh, doesn't have a ton of flavor but it's a, actually like uh it enhances the flavor of other spices that's exactly Tur- right. turmeric turmeric thank you Thank you. Turmeric. Um, it has that classic yellow yeah. color. So, yeah, what that does is the turmeric is actually like an enhancer of other flavors. That's exactly right. Very few people know that. I'm I'm not <laughs> – if it were coming from anybody else, I would be very impressed. You always have the good, so not surprised to hear it from you. Um, yeah, because by itself, you don't really – there's not a lot there. Color. Yep. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, not only color, it'll stain the shit out of all your stuff. Your countertops, like, every proceed with caution. Yeah, I put it in my oatmeal. Um, really? Yeah, I do this. Never I do it. A, I do it a lot. I make an oatmeal with cinnamon, cayenne, turmeric, um, cinnamon, cayenne, turmeric, and uh, salt and black pepper. Huh. And it's so it's not I mean, it's savory as opposed to being like a maple syrup yeah, kind yeah. of thing, but it's not I'm not putting garlic and Sounds onion in really there. Good, though. Like it's a breakfast thing, so it's kinda spicy. Throw a couple like dried cranberries or something in there, it's fucking killer. Wow. Next time I do it I'll I'll bring in a bowl for yeah, you too. Because I, I bring it in to work sometimes and I always think about it, um it's just I, I feel like my I, I, sh- I might as well just be fucking chewing tobacco. I feel like I'm just like staining my teeth, like a fucking mouthful of fucking candy corn or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like just Service cram peanuts. it yeah. full of fucking tea bags or something. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? And just like just stain the shit out of your teeth. But I mean, I'm in my fucking. I'm middle aged, man. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I get the I get the teeth whitener thing at the house. I'm just I'll do that. And then 
Once you eat some turmeric and then do it yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. As well, long I as you keep care. doing it, who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? Right? Well, listen, man. What, um... So back I to, got some shit. What, what, yeah. do we, what do you want to talk so about? So I wanted to tell you about um, my renewed interest in baseball. Thank you. Yes, from I'm dying here. Watching this documentary on Netflix called Fastball. Oh my god! Have you seen this? How good is that? It is incredibly good. <laughs> it's so good. Did you watch it on a plane? No. Uh-uh. Okay. No, but I have seen it on the plane, and I I kept seeing it on the plane. I didn't watch it. Didn't watch it. Watched other stuff. And then I watched it at home last weekend and was like, oh, shit. Like, this is really good. And I wasn't, like, super surprised that I found it good because I actually love history of baseball stuff. Like, I'm not. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm not a baseball fan, but I love the history of baseball. Sure. Um, and, God, it was just so fucking fascinating. Isn't it great? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that. Now, um. You should also check out Knuckleball. Right. Um, another documentary based entirely around one baseball pitch. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't seen this fastball documentary, it is a documentary exploring one of the most controversial issues in the history of baseball, which is who has thrown the hardest and fastest fastball. And they get all collect all of these greats from a bunch of different eras um, people like George Brad and most of, mostly it's it's really interesting because they collect this round table of hitters, like really amazing baseball players. Uh, That's the, the part I love. Like Hank Aaron, and then they talk to the pitchers separately, and they interview most of them individually. Um, so it's funny because there's this like really there's this group dynamic among these historic players. They're talking about so and so was like the most intimidating, and he threw like this and. Those are really fun shots. Those those interviews were yeah. great. And so it goes through these different people who were like undoubtedly the fastest in their era and the different techniques that they used to measure how fast they were throwing from like very early military ballistics testing. That's um, right. Yeah, exactly. To obviously now the there's uh, like 70 people sitting behind home plate at all sorts of games with um, you know, the speed guns. Right, with a radar gun. A radar gun, and that's like, you know, portable, easily accessible technology at this point, but that wasn't true for a very long time. It's so good, um, and it's it's great because it pulls in, like you said, all that old ballistics kind of testing, and it actually goes back the best test, and I don't remember who they did it with. It was like, it was in the 30s, where they had like a fucking car. It was oh, a car, right? A police motorcycle. It was a police motorcycle. Yeah. So they, they line up a pitcher. They're on the street. The police motorcycle, like, gets a head start. So it, Yeah, he gives him a 10-foot head start. Right. And he pitches into a paper. Piece of paper. Piece of paper. And he hits it right through the bullseye, by the way. He hits it right through the bullseye. And then the, they got a camera on the back side. Yeah. And then, so what they're measuring is, like, who goes through the paper first, this motorcycle going at, like, 90 miles an hour, mm-hmm. or this fast pitch. And yeah. the pitch beats it. The pitch by beats a good it. Amount. He beat it by, yeah, I think I, I think the that pitch was measured at, like, yeah, it was a little north of, it was a little north of 90 miles an hour. Yeah. It was at, like, 91, which... I mean, at the time, at the time, yeah. it, you know, I mean, this, this, the mechanics of pitching had not been dissected by like 
crazy fucking insane technology that is looking at right you know the way I that mean, we look at it now weight training and all that stuff yeah yeah and starting to pitch when you're fucking four years old like pitchers do now yeah and i mean this is just brute power so what's really great about this documentary is they go they take this one issue that seemingly you'd think would be like a 20 minute discussion and it's a really compelling two-hour documentary because they go through the whole history. They go through people who could have been the best but, like, couldn't get their pitches under control. Exactly. Uh, they go through people who did. Um, and also just, like, God, it just gives you a, a really amazing appreciation for some people that, like, names you've heard, like Nolan Ryan. Right. You know, that you've heard forever and you're like, but when you start to really look at what that guy did and the fact that he was like 42 years old and still pitching like 94 to 96 mile an hour. Impossible. Yeah. Do you, I mean, Randy Johnson is the only other guy who was kind of in that. And they talk about Randy Johnson too. Um, he, he's the other, only other guy that just had like this, like innate ability for gas. Like, yeah. and Nolan Ryan though, like is like, I mean, the longevity, the longevity, like in and of itself is insane. Years old, and he still just like rules Texas. Right. Like, people just fucking bow down. Of course. I mean, well, like, he should rule everywhere. <laughs> I mean, the dude, I don't know. I mean, I've heard he's he, a good guy. He holds the strikeout record by like the, the previous record was 2000 something. Yeah. And he has 5,000 something. Nolan Ryan went insane on that. Yeah. I mean, he, no one's ever going to touch that. Yeah. It's unassailable <laughs> in a way that like very few records in sports are just completely unassailable. He's a very, I mean, you have to be like a robot. Yeah. It'll take a robot to beat that. It's nuts. I mean, just for the mere fact that he, cause pitchers don't stay healthy that long. No. Your arms blow out. At you know, he's like a 20, freak of nature. He's a freak of nature. You have to be, and you know, it's similar to other professional sports where, like in the NFL, like the only way that you're, the only way that you're in the NFL at this point is if you are a freak of nature. Right. You have to be. Yeah. Compared to the regular, you know, populace, um, and he was one at a time when there were regular dudes playing baseball. So there's like regular, you know, just not freak of nature type dudes that were playing baseball that were skilled athletes and skilled baseball players, but not like, you know, having some sort of crazy, like fucking Wolverine sort of skeleton like he has, because right. the fact that he never had Tommy John surgery is insane for anybody who doesn't know the most common, the most common injury to a pitcher is a rotator cuff injury. Right. And, um, Tommy John, was the first pitcher to have it done. I forget the doctor who did it, but they basically, they remove a part of a tendon from another, from, I, I believe it comes from, might come out of your ass, might come out of your thigh, something like that. I forget. But basically they take a tendon and they, they replace it in your shoulder. It's, it takes a year to recover and you come back lots of times at this point, they've been doing it for so long now. Like it used to be like the death knell. You're like, right. he's got to go get Tommy John. And if he comes back and he's still throwing, fuck, maybe we got a place for him. Now it's like, he's going to get Tommy John like 
he's going to be in throwing another out. year. He's like our A pitcher again. Well, because yeah. he's not, he's then going to have the you know the rotator cuff of a fourteen year old, right? Or or rather, probably like a seventeen year old. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, fresh yeah. and ready to go. And oddly enough, not to go too deep on this, but like. Catchers actually get rotator cuff surgery as much as pitchers because they are, you know, pitchers throw, they set up their entire thing, their entire like wind up is to deliver a pitch. A catcher throws just as many times as a pitcher does. Because he's got to throw it back to the mound. But he's throwing from this really awkward position where he's not using his body. Straining his shoulder that much more. Plus, he's got to have a snap throw to first. He's got to be able to throw out a guy at second, trying to steal. Um, Which, anyway, I digress. From Fastball, that that movie is is really, really fucking amazing. Um, it's a, it, and it's a nice lens. It, it's watchable by anybody. And it's a great lens into, like, the the hundred games within the game of baseball, right. which is why I love baseball so much. Cause there's a, there's so many games happening at the same time. You know, there's so much shit going on. Yeah. The other reason that Nolan Ryan's record is completely unassailable is because no one pitches the whole game anymore. That's exactly right. Like not only is no one going to pitch for 24 years or whatever he pitched for, which is insane, mm-hmm. like in any sport to play for that long. Yep. Um, but no one pitches nearly as many innings as no. they used to anymore. So. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. Like he, he started every game with the intention of finishing it, which now you never do that. Like, you never, you you know, if you. So is you, anyone going to be able to pitch a no hitter ever again? Will they just oh, let yeah. them keep going if there's no hits? Well, I mean, that's a contentious thing. And a couple of times this year, um, God, who was it? Ron Ron Washington pulled somebody this year who had a no no going on, and and he was like, he's like, listen, man, I know. He's like, but you know, I have this coming up. This next series coming up with this team. He needs this rest, knowing that he's. He, I forget the pitcher, but he had just been recovered. This was his first. It was his first time back after being out for like two or three weeks, and he's like, "I'm not taking that chance again." Right. So the guy had like, you know, he had. It wasn't a perfect game, but um, but he had a no hitter going, and he pulled him. So I, the the way it goes is that if it's if. It's not just – it's not a perfect, like, if you have a no-hitter, you're staying in no matter what. That's not the case. Like, there's a ton of other compounding factors. Like, what is – what's the rest of this series look like? What's your – how's your health been? You know, there's a ton of things that go into it. But, you know, to to pitch a complete game is extremely rare these days. You know, you may get a guy who will do it once in a year – like, but you're set, like you're set up, you're, you're not saving any of your stuff. Like you're, you're coming out, your goal as a starting pitcher is to pitch seven innings, give up one run, hand it over to your setup guy and then head, and then it goes to the closer and then you're done. Right. But if you can but if you have to leave in the third, then there's the middle reliever and there's all these other, the bullpen has become such a, a, a factor in modern baseball. Yeah, you're right. Like people don't, he was the last of that era before like the bullpen became like a huge right. factor in the yeah, game. Yeah. So yeah, shit. Sorry. Getting... Anyways, 
Not to turn this into a baseball podcast. But. Fucking hell. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, and I will, though, in closing, I, w- I will say, um, if you like that, I'll mention it again. Um, check out Knuckleball because it's the same. It's the same thing about a pitch that is just so wacky, and it's right. such a specialty thing yep. that there's like the there's one guy in the majors that throws a knuckleball right now. And it was like almost a dying thing. Like people were afraid that no one was ever going to throw the knuckleball again. And this guy like kept it alive. R.A. Dickey <laughs> like kept it alive. And he, he was at the beginning of this year, he was with Toronto. And I think they may have sent him down, but you know, who knows? But another good one. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. So what else do you got? All right, man. Um, I got I got some shit. So I want to mention. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them, but I want to call out a few, couple Minneapolis restaurants. All right, I, I'm I'm um I'm game for this. One I've been to, one I I haven't, and we'll we'll follow back up with everybody and let you know. So one of the things that I've found that I was a little frustrated by when I moved to Minneapolis, I was excited to move here. Uh, one of the reasons I was excited to move here is the um, the enormous Hmong community yeah. and the enormous Somali community here. Yep. So I was a little dismayed when I got here when I realized how um, kind of separate those communities are. Yeah. We, we are not a an integrated city no, by any means, Mm-mm. by any fucking measure. So that was disappointing. Um, and um, – since I've been here, like I've been trying to get down with some different types of cuisine. I'm always trying to get in with something, you know, in um, Somali cuisine is one in particular I've been trying to get after. Um, and I've had bad luck. Like I've had people that just like to even a couple of places that like they wouldn't, they weren't even going to fucking serve me. Really? Yeah. I sat at the table and they just wouldn't even come over to, to, to fucking Fuck. take my order. And I was yeah. like, of course, I made a fucking stink out of it and, and yelled and fucking stormed out of there. But like this, there's a new place um, over near Minnehaha Creek um, called um, it's called Psalm Taste, which, you know, not the most unique name. But and it's also when you look at it, I saw a picture of the place and it's just in like it's in a strip mall. Right. That and they just took over like an old like fucking ice cream parlor or some shit. But when you read up on this dude, he's gotten covered in a few local food blogs and people are loving him. Huh. He's a he's a young guy, he's thirty five or something, and um and it's you know, it's the story that's been told many times, but it's a very true one. Like he found like a cheap ass fucking strip mall spot that he could afford and he calls his grandmother in Somalia once a week, tells her how things are going. She gives him recipes, tweaks recipes, and he has a very limited menu. He's got like seven or eight things on the menu, huh. and um, and it's supposed to be fucking killer. And it was funny to read, like one of the things about Somali cuisine, which I was surprised to hear, is that Somali Somalia was occupied by Italy for quite some time, hmm. and to this day. Pasta with tomato sauce is extremely prevalent in Somalian cuisine. Crazy. So you order like goat curry. Where, besides Somalia, where the fuck else did Italy occupy? I mean, I know they were like 
Spain, northern, northern, northern Africa. Italy. Northern <laughs> <America>. <laughs> <laughs> weren't they in like? Weren't they in like? I mean, they're right across the water there from from. Were they like? You know, Casablanca and up in Morocco and in that shit. Were they up in there in Egypt or anything? Yeah, yeah, fucking Somalia, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. Who? I mean, Marco Polo. These right? people can't keep their fucking. Yeah, they can't do anything. They were too busy fucking around in Asia, I guess, getting caught in Asia. Exactly. Fucking getting pasta. So we got to go check this place out. Um, yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, we'll go give that a shot. We'll report back to everybody. The other place I want to ask you about. Um, found myself as a Twin Cities native might from time to time. I found myself at the Mall of America, strolling through the retail fucking heaven that it is, and looking for a bite to eat, walk by this place, and... Um, I get stressed out in the mall. I don't, I don't do great. And I was like, I need yeah. a fucking drink and looked into this place. And I was like, that looks like they've got a solid fucking martini in there. And for me, a martini is nothing but the measure of a good martini is like a cold glass and a, re- a big pour and cold vodka. Yep. Um, and it looked like the right type of place went in there. Twin cities grill. Is in the Mall of America. And the only thing I could compare it to is this place that I've been in love with forever called Houston's, which is a chain. Yeah. Um, that place is actually not bad. Houston's? It's a chain restaurant. Not bad. You're going to give it a fucking not bad? I, Houston's <laughs> is great. Oh, my God. Houston's is fab. That's like a – that's a super fucking like – if 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 I'm anywhere and there's a Houston's, I'm getting that twenty two dollar French dip. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm getting that eighteen dollar spinach and artichoke dip. <laughs> I'm getting the fucking. It's all about the dips at Houston. The fifteen minutes. It's got dip in the name. You're in. You're it's in. so good. The service is fucking amazing. It's just like everything is what you want it to be. It's American cuisine. And in this Twin Cities Grill is is. Minnesota's answer to it. It's really good. Huh. It's owned by a restaurant group, um, which that's, I don't care. That's fine. Right. Most places around here are. Um, and yeah, they just do it right, man. Two, excuse me. Um, two, excuse me. Um, they've got like, I did get the French dip as a matter of fact, and it was killer. The martini, was fabulous, and everything else was right. Like the fries were right; they come out hot. The soup was hot. The kids' meal was like really nice and so you good. Were, this was a fam trip. Yep, because Beth loves Houston's as well. Um, it was a, it was our hangover spot in San Francisco for years, right? Um, and yeah, I'm happy to say, like anybody, if you're in the Twin Cities, first th- of all. I just, I think the whole, when I first moved here, it seemed to be like the trendy thing that was just the hate on Mall of America all the time. I, I'm totally over that. Oh yeah. The, if you know what the fuck you're doing, like you can have a really nice time at Mall of America. You can find amazing shit. You can get a good meal and you can get out of there like fairly efficiently. You just need to know what the fuck you're doing. If you wander around and you fucking circ- circumnavigate them all, you get what you deserve, which is, a bunch of slow-moving, 
fucking tourists from who like fuck knows where. Right. A mixture of to- Tokyo oh. and fucking fuck no. These jackholes fly I in and stay at the fucking American across the street to go to this fucking place. But if you know what you're doing, you know, I mean, it has a fucking Shake Shack at this point. It has a whole bunch of good. There's a good sushi place. There is a good sushi. You can go place. out. Get some really fucking amazing deals on clothes. You can find a great pair of shoes. You can get a meal and get the hell out of there. Free parking. You, know. you got it. Yeah. So you need the insider's guide. Yeah. I think you may have to. I'll 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 tap you for that. Um. Because I bet you that yeah I bet you there's some some pro hacks. For sure. You got to go at the right time. I always every time we're about to go, I get a little bit of anxiety around like crowds of people that are not of they my don't know ilk. what the fuck they're doing. Well, I mean, a little bit. Yeah, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, I do fine at, like, a show. Like, you know, if, I mean, yeah. if I'm at a show and I'm surrounded by people, like, in, I'm, but at least I'm surrounded by, like, other fucking dirty rock and roll fans. Right. Like, I know kind of everybody in that room. I know the scene. At that place, you're just the unwashed masses. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Who it's like going to a state fair. It's, yeah. It, so you don't know what the fuck you're going to get. Um, so I get a little nervous. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't dig on that too much. So I, I need the pro tips. Um, so anyway, those are my Minnesota um, restaurant picks. Um, so in, <laughs> what do you got happening, man? I got a couple other things I want to talk about, too. All right. In true Santos fashion, I have to tell you about... Um, I watched another documentary. I'm going to look up the exact name of it here real quick. Um, it's called David Blaine. What is magic? Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> I am 100% serious. Fuck on So there's this whole thing like David, Where? David Blaine. There's this whole thing around David Blaine, right? Cause he's like, I mean, he's not as cheesy as David Copperfield, but there's this like, sort of like takes it to the streets, man. Easy. He's like, uh, like maybe it's somewhat founded in racism. Uh, who knows? But like, there's a thing about David Blaine where it's kind of like people hate on him. There's a lot of hate. Like, there's not a ton of love, and there's some hate. Racism. Isn't he a white dude? Um, yeah, but there's like some ethnic minority mixed in there. Uh, sure. I think you're right. Yeah, he's he's yeah, a little brown. Yeah, yeah. He's not like what you would when you think of like someone like David Copperfield or something oh like that. Oh my god. Like he's not no. He's kind of breaking the mold of what it means to be a magician. He had to. I mean, somebody had to. So move. first of all, I have to say, I just fucking love magic. I'm like a sucker because it's the, it hits the same thing that like the long con because it's like sleight of hand and it's all tied in for me for that whole same thing. And it's just like I didn't even want to I just love uh, like a really well done. I love Ricky Jay. I love the history of magic and I love like a really well done trick. And I have to say um, this David Blaine documentary, like there's some shit in this documentary 
And he does a lot of stuff like he goes to the south and he's in like really deep rural Tennessee. There's this weird moment where like I was watching it with my girls and all of a sudden it switched into this Kimbo Slice thing. And like, it's like <laughs> Seriously? And I was like, what the fuck is this? Did they just need to pad this documentary with like other footage they had or something? Kimbo Slice. And it was like I, – because I, I fast forwarded through the whole thing because my daughters were watching with me. And all of a sudden it was that like backyard brawling. Yeah. So it went from like, yeah, him. So, but there's some blow away magic tricks in this thing where I'm just like, what in the hell? So he he did this thing where he does a lot of card tricks where it's like, okay, pick a card and I want you to sign this card. And so he he has this thing, he has these people sign this card. And then he, he, the first of all, he did this thing where he has people sign the card, do this thing. Like, is is this your card? No, that's not the card. Okay, I want you to, like, do you have a matchbook? And these people pull out a matchbook, and he's like, light a match and hold the match into the thing. And then then it's like, oh, it, it is their card at first. And then he's like, hold a match under it, and it turns out to, like, be, not be their card. It's like a different card that somehow he picked. And then he's like, but now you're wondering where your card went. And they're like, yeah. Like, where the fuck is my card? He's like, well, look at the matchbook. And they unfold the matchbook, and the matchbook is a matchbook on one side, and it's their card on the other side. Yeah. I've, so in his, he had a show on TV for right, a while, the Street Magician Show or whatever. And yeah. he, it was that type of shit that I mean, it's like mind blowing stuff. He did this other thing where I just stopped watching it because yeah, I can't yeah. figure that out. I don't even, I don't even, can't even fathom. He did this other thing where he had this guy. He's like, sign, sign, uh, sign this card now, and he hands it to another guy. He's like, mix it. Is like the card is sticking out that this guy signed and he picked. He's like, mix it all up, shuffle it all up. And he has the guy shuffle it, and they step over there in a bar to a dartboard. And he's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And he starts flicking all the cards out, and he throws a dart. He's just throwing the cards out in front of him, and he throws a dart and nails the fucking guy's card to the dartboard. Come on. The the sheer skill that is involved in doing something like that. Like, that is the ultimate in, like, manual dexterity right there. Like, not to mention... And there's he does a bunch of other like illusion shit. So he does like a combination like sleight of hand illusion, and then he does these weird stunts. Yeah, I remember he was like like doing some like Houdini level shit, like Yogi. And I don't understand how any of you know that's got to be who the fuck knows what that shit. All right, man. Who? So have you dug into? You know what? So I wish, in a way, I was like I was watching this documentary. I was like. So I had the honor of meeting and working with Ricky Jay because he was in That's right, you told me that. a short yes. series that we shot. Yes. And I met him and I, I had him sign his dice book. He has this amazing book about the history of dice. Uh, and it has all these beautiful pictures of his personal dice collection. And some of these dice are like collapsing because like kind of decaying and have breaking you- down. Um, and I was like, God, I wish like if I had it to do over again, I met Ricky Jay. I'd be like, Ricky. What the fuck is up with David What's Blaine? What's up with like, dude? What do you think about David Blaine? Because Ricky Jay is not someone who's shy oh, no. about his opinions. Yeah, no. He's very, very strong opinions about most other magicians. Yeah. And I would just be curious to hear, like, do you think this guy is, like, a real ma- – like, what's the deal? I mean, Ricky Jay is, like, the journeyman. Yeah, Like – Absolutely. Tr- Since like, he was, like, not literally nine years old. Literally nine years old. And he, like – he, like ga- – he- Gaps like covered a period where you know he went from like he was pre like 
douchey David Copperfield making the Statue of Liberty disappear, like learning like on the street kind of like sleight of hand card tricks. And then he continued with it all the way, like kind of pre David Copperfield to post David Copperfield. Yeah. Like he bridged that entire thing. So he's seen it all and he never went the route. I mean, he did, he had a stage act for many years. Well, and then right. he did all the stuff where David Mamet like helped him write. The- well, then he moved. He, his career took a di- yeah. completely different. Right. Yeah. Then he he became, you know, uh, I I think like a um, uh, what do you call it? Um, when for a film he he was a oh he was like a consultant consultant he had a lot of David Mamet he, like, he, and then games and. And then it was Spanish, like, oh, you know what? He was in Spanish Prisoner. He was in, in Spanish Prisoner. He was in House of Games. He's in – and then I think people realized, oh, he's got some chops, and let's just pull him into the film. Like, sure. I mean, he was in I mean, Deadwood. and That's where I first encountered him was in House of Games and Spanish Prisoner. Sp- yeah, Spanish Prisoner I think is where I first mentioned uh, – realized him. Um, well, listen, I got to see this fucking thing. I'll tell you my thoughts on, on Dude is that like – with the, with the fucking eyeliner and like in in so the thing that w- like really made me reconsider him was the, learning that he was part of the Pussy Posse, which is oh. DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, yes. Lucas Haas, and him. And it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, he's in that? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Because so for anyone who doesn't know, when these guys were like young upcoming stars, they just like went out and like tore through. L.A. and New York and all these places. DiCaprio basically still does it. Right. I mean, he's like on a yacht with 36 supermodels, you know. And so, but these guys used to do it. And now I just read today, actually, Tobey Maguire just got separated from his wife. And now he's back at it. He's back in the game? Yeah, he's back. They're not like, the two of them aren't going out together. But there's like rumored that they're about to like, he's already Tobey (laughs) Maguire out in L.A. back to his like old habits. You know, like God bless touring him. around. So, but dude, anyways, but, so, but yeah, so, so that, he can that, be regular. That recontextualized David Blaine in my mind. It's Completely. like, oh wait, he was like a young star with those guys. Like that's wow. Feels like an odd man out in that. Oh yeah, because he seems like the type of dude that you want to hang out with for about twenty fucking seconds, right? Because he's got the weird fucking vibe in the weird. Like, can you imagine hanging with him? It seems like a fucking nightmare. I, I'll be honest, though, like, when I saw that, sh- like, when I saw his shit that he was doing on the street, um, like, it was magic, like, I'd never seen it before. Right. And and it was so, like, there was no way to figure it out. Like, even though, you know, I, at magic tricks, I don't know how to fucking figure out a magic trick, but it's like, oh, it was fucking mirrors, or it was whatever, like, saw a lady in half, or... You can see how there's so much like, like pomp and like there's so much mechanics yeah. on the stage. Like there's got to be a way to hide something. He's like naked on the street doing shit, right? And and it's to the level. It's not just like oh, I picked your card. It's like three steps above that, and you're like, yeah. that's not Fuck. explainable. Yeah. And so I just turned it off. I was like, my brain can't fucking put this t- together. So I'm not interested in it. Well, no, I think I'm. I'm going to take a vacation. I think I'm going to take some vacation time and dig into the internet and <laughs> and fucking figure out David Blaine. Have, have you looked and seen like? Because I mean, 
you can imagine what the Reddit thread looks like yeah. of people debunk, like figuring I out. I have no idea. I mean, who's I have got not, the time? Not right? gone there. But oh, in not, all your spare now. time, you haven't like you haven't, <laughs> I haven't investigated fully. Investigated David Blaine. Fucking this. Yeah. So this it was a weekend of like repeaking my interest in baseball and David Blaine. Fucking hell, the World documentary. So let's talk about the food for this week. So let's do it. Yeah. The uh, assignment for this episode was to bring in a healthy but delicious snack food, which I have to say, I went and I walked the fucking grocery store at like a high-end grocery store tonight. That is a tall order, actually. Finding, first of all, a healthy snack in the first place Mm -hmm. that isn't, you know, snack or a handful of nuts or whatever. It's like, that's the kind of shit you go to. If you stepped to me with an apple, we'd be, (laughs) I mean, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, So, and without consulting each other on this, we both ended up, Showing up with popcorn. Yeah, we did. Granted, we are in the fucking heyday of like gourmet snack popcorn at this point. Um, I brought in a former client of ours Mm. who makes an amazing product, Angie's Popcorn. Yeah. Uh, I went middle of the road because they have a 35 cal per cup, like just lightly salted popcorn. Then they go all the way up to like right now they have a seasonal candy corn Popcorn, which is like caramel corn, but it has like the candy corn shit melted Jesus on it. Jesus to form this. Christ. It's it's like amazing for two bites, and then you're just like, oh my god, I, like so my teeth are gonna sweet. fall out. Yeah. Um, What's this one? This is a middle of the road. It's a sweet and spicy, and it's at about seventy cal a cup. So you're relatively healthy. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's got sort of a cumulative kick after you. Need a couple. After you pound it for a bit, like the spice builds up. Yeah. That's actually really good. One of my things with popcorn is, like, in a bag, is you. I, I want to make sure that it it stays light and crispy. Right. Because so much of it just gets fucking bogged down, you know? And this one does. It's really good. I was tempted to go for my favorite, which is, like, you can't just, like, not eat the whole bag. It's so delicious. Of that Angie's has is the. Do you know where I'm going with this? It's got to be the white cheddar. No, the caramel and the cheddar mixed together. Oh yeah, I don't is, go for that. Just like Beth that loves that. It's just that like Christmas tin that you get that has the regular popcorn, that has the cheddar popcorn, that has the caramel. It's like just get rid of that regular popcorn and mix these other two together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We should get that all the time. Remember, somebody at the office. It was our law firm. Okay. Every year, the law firm sent it. And that was my favorite gift that showed up every year. He's not at that law firm anymore. This is his own law firm now. God damn it. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to start sending it to the office as yeah. my Christmas gift to everybody. That, that old fashioned tin. People would be stoked. Dude, I mean, that was my, I, it was that everyone's thing, favorite. When that thing showed up, it's like, you know, it was the best. Um, this reminds me, so popcorn, I think of as a healthy snack. Um, we ate it growing up constantly. And I had this um, this shack that I used to eat at all the time. I used to live on St. Croix. Um, and it was Ital shack. So Rastafari, Ketchum, all vegan. And um, so they had, you know, it was killer. It was is Rastafarian, so- like, is vegan diet? Like, is that a thing? Yeah. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yep. No, I sorry, vegetarian. Right. 
Um, and and here's the thing, like with Rastafarianism, there are, are it's like any religion. There's a trillion different sects right. and a trillion different levels of orthodoxy, and you know what I mean. But yeah, no vegetarian, you don't eat meat. Um, right. So um, one of the things that they had that no matter what I would get at this place, I would always get. They had the brown lunch paper lunch sacks of spicy popcorn, and they would make the popcorn fresh every morning and they had this spice mix that was so fucking hot, so fucking hot. And I can like nothing. There are very few things in this world that are, that are tapping you out that are good, that I'm fucking oh. out on. And this thing like w- brought me right to the edge of like, it was right at that edge of being, this is too fucking hot. And then I can't stop fucking eating this. It was right at that edge. And nice. it was the best thing. And I've tried to replicate it myself a hundred times. And I've never gotten there. Because who knows? You know, this shit is like... You know, everybody's got their own way of making shit. So I, I brought a popcorn here. Um, this is a Shark Tank product, by the way. Is that right? They were on Shark Tank, at least, to get a little plus up. Okay, so it's called Pipcorn. Um, it's mini popcorn. I'm way into the tiny popcorn, by the way. Um, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, you guys, the Frost family eats tiny yeah. popcorn. They have, a like, the, the, you know, when you buy the popcorn to pop at home, there's a, uh, tiny popcorn that we get at Whole Foods that's awesome. I forgot about that. So, this is a truffle flavor. Um, so, what do these that's motherfuckers good. have to say? Um... How are we different? We pop our mini kernels. The shells break into itty-bitty pieces. Okay, you know, it's popped in small batches by hand. We use as few ingredients as possible. Never add preservatives, so no need to feel guilty. Fuck you. I'm always... It doesn't matter what the fuck I'm doing. I'm feeling guilty. Are you kidding me? If you could promise me no guilt... Jesus. It'd, It'd be to a kill diff- you. Yeah, I mean that's the only <laughs> way. There's no other way. Is the afterlife, and even then, I don't believe it. It's good. I'm not like blown away. Yeah, you know what? Actually, it's the fucking, truffle taste is like taste not really there. I don't taste any fucking truffle in there. Tastes like popcorn. Oh, hey, gluten free. Oh, fuck awesome. you! It's fucking popcorn. It's <laughs> It's not wheat, motherfucker. Oh, it's just horseshit. Where's the truffle? I'm t- I seriously, no. I taste There's, zero. Yeah, like not even like um maybe, maybe somebody next door is cooking with truffles. <laughs> not even that. No, there's no truffle. Like when you get truffle fries and oh, shit. Oh, I just got them. There's two kernels with truffle, and it. I just got one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so you're fucked. Maybe I'll win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can dig through the rest of the bag. Yeah, that's not. I'm not that impressed with this. I have to say. I've, I think Angie's... It's not is, fresh. An, no, it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't taste fresh taste at all, fresh. does it? No. Doesn't it taste I think stale? Angie's is winning out over Pipcorn here. These motherfuckers, where are they? Pip Snacks LLC. Oh, we're we're in Park Avenue, New York, New York. Go fuck yourself. That's the problem right there. That's exactly the problem, because Park Avenue's... Everybody knows the best popcorn comes from fucking Park Avenue in Manhattan. All right. Well... Let's Pip, go to uh, Pipcorn. Go bang yourself. Yeah. 
Angie's wins, Pipcorn loses. Fucking Aang. And straight up. End of story. Let's go to uh, two minute hot takes. Oh, you want to? Yeah. So, all right. Uh, this is, uh, and I don't have my phone here, so I'm going to have to have to you do the run the timer this time. Okay, cool. This is a segment uh, we just introduced last episode that we're uh, going to be doing, hopefully, maybe every episode now, called Two Minute Hot Takes, where we both spring a surprise topic on the other person because we're both known to form a definitive opinion on, uh, you know, a moment's notice on any issue. Yeah. And uh, we each get two minutes to pontificate. So do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I think you went first last time, so maybe I'll go first this time. Um. So you want me to give you yeah. mine? Shit. Now. You second-guessing yourself? Well, here's the thing. I had a few of them picked out. And when you when you frame it up like that, it makes me feel like I'm serving you up a softball. Um. Because I kind of was just interested when I, when I when I start thinking of these topics, I, I I find myself going to things that I would want to be asked myself, or things that I'd be interested in hearing what you would have to say. Yeah. Um, and right. I went to one that's not necessarily actually. Fuck it. I mean, I want to know what you I want to know what you have to say. This is not like controversial, and it's not like taking a hard stand on anything. But I think it's kind of. An interesting little fantasy play here. Are you going to take two minutes to introduce this topic? Fuck you, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I am fucking long-winded tonight, aren't I? I'm talking a lot tonight. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. Um, okay. You, um, Powerball, boom, hits tomorrow, right? And it's retire time. Let's set aside whether you would retire or not. That's besides the point. Like, oh, 100%. <laughs> right. Okay. Any I mean, of that. Not that I dislike my job. No, but. of course not. Of course not. But here's the, the, the question is, um, what would be, and this cannot be to, to put a stipulation on it. The, the, what would your hobby be? You need a new hobby. You need a way to like occupy all your free time. And, but here's the guideline. Like it can't be something like, Oh, I'll spend more time writing. Cause you already write. <laughs> like, it's not that it's not like, it's like, what would be a new thing that you've kind of always wanted to start or always wanted to fucking check out? What would you do? Where would you do it? And why? So the thing that Nicole and I have always talked about, uh, and whether we win the lottery or not, I would still like to make this happen someday. But I think it's unlikely because I do really like my job and I am really invested. Um, is we really want before the girls get too old, we want to take a significant amount of time off and like travel, if not around the world, like most of Europe and some of Asia. So whether that's six months or a year or longer. Um, taking that time while the girls still live here with us, meaning like here in our lives, in our house, um, and traveling around the world with them, I think it's just like a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who we've known people who have moved to England for a year with their kids or, or like traveled for three or four months with their kids. And it's just, there's nothing to not recommend it. It just sounds like a life changing 
totally amazing experience and it's something you can do for your kids like it just sounds amazing to me what is the um can we still got a little time here what is the and for people with kids i got you know i got a family and i have the same dream to like we have for me i i sail i love to sail it's always I, been i would never fucking do that in a million years <laughs> <laughs> so for me it's going it's getting in a boat and sailing like for is far i mean depending on how much time i got right. i'll sail around the fucking world um but what is the um how old does your kid have to be before you bail on this trip and make it worthwhile, no, regardless of like if it's just like if it's a European trip for two, three months or something. I think if they were like, so our daughters are three years apart, so I'm thinking twelve and fifteen would be really good ages for it. Yep, that feels right. Sort of like cut that teenage cynicism with a little worldly travel. Yeah, and if you had, so we're not talking like crazy full, like insane trunk traveling wealth like what what do you do? i mean it seems like the right amount of time is probably what like four or five months yeah right i think that's right nice one okay cool so i'm is- just like you know at 15 or 20 years into zeus jones maybe i'll just take like a three to six month sabbatical why the fuck not exactly because you could do three months without the missing school and just travel all summer Yes, exactly. Or like pull them out a little early, you know, and travel maybe four months or something. That is where I need to, because I went to the financial advisor. I'm like, all right, well, taking a year off, I'm buying a boat, and we're going to not work for a year, right. and we're going to go, you know, sail and be gone for a year. And he's like, all right, hang on a second. He's like, all right, you're now retiring at fucking 79 years old. <laughs> And you're like, oh, right, all right. Well, maybe I need to fucking yeah. rethink the year. Not mom. go to Starbucks every day. Yeah. yeah, that too. That too. This is what I do. All right, man. You know, my financial advice was like, you can go to Starbucks every day, just only get a drink. Because I was like going every day and getting a drink and a breakfast sandwich, which I was like, I don't even fucking like these breakfast sandwiches. I'm so <laughs> yeah, done yeah. with these things. I just, it's... I just don't know how else to get breakfast. Like, I'm just not, I can't be bothered to like, so now I've started I got you bringing a yogurt, there. bringing oatmeal. Yeah. I'm really interested in this oatmeal that you're making. I got you sorted with that. Um, it's not that fucking hard. It doesn't take that long to make a couple eggs. You just buy them across the street. Yeah. Two hard boiled eggs. You eat them and, and feel a little bit hungry. Because right. I think you're supposed to. It's good to feel hungry. Yes, that's people. A new feeling. In America don't realize. New that. feeling for an American. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Hit me. What do you got? What do you got? Um. So I want to hear your two minute take on superhero movies. On superhero movies. Okay. Here we go. Hit and start now. The most recent thing. Um that I've seen has got me super excited. The new, um, Wolverine. Um, I've just seen like the first like stills from, from the movie and they've aged him to look like the old man Wolverine. Right. Which was a graphic novel, which was the graphic novel. Which is so fucking good. Which is fucking amazing. Yeah. So I can't help, but have that be the first thing that comes to mind. Is it douche douche? Australian douche. Yes. (laughs) 
douche Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. So um, they've, you know, they've covered him up and they've given him a new look. And, you know, I mean, I think he owns that franchise at this point. But um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. Overall, I think I am. I'm really honestly, I don't know why. If I was a better forecaster, I would have seen it coming. But I'm shocked at Marvel Studios. Like it's it's impossible to 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 look at Marvel Studios and not be like, "Holy fuck, this thing is fucking enormous!" And where it was when you and I were kids reading fucking Marvel, and where it is now, that thing is a behemoth. Yeah, it is in every fucking movie. It is in it's uh, and now the it's in TV. Amount of TV shows is insane. The amount of TV shows, like it's unbelievable. So. It's a, that's a tough question. I mean, because when I was growing up, superhero movies were like it was fucking Superman, right? That was the that was the superhero yeah. movie, and it was great. You know what I mean? He flies around the world backwards and he fucking turns back time. It's killer. It's great. <laughs> but now it's like, you know, there's it's it's almost to the point of being overwhelming, which is what I have yeah. trouble with comics. That's always been my struggle with like mainstream comics is keeping up, which is why I've always been an alt comic guy. Right. Keeping up. All I can't comics up. is where all the action is at. Honestly, it is. I mean, now that you're past your two minutes, past I'll, my two minutes. So I jumped in a little bit during your thing, which I shouldn't have done, but it, it was a little, it was a little thoughtless. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so reserve comment. Until here's, end, here's the thing. Uh, I'll, I'll close and say this. I will say that, um, I think it's killer that movie technology is able to finally match the grandiose fucking stories of comic books and you can't not be psyched about that. That's awesome. And now, who, how good it's execu- the execution? If somebody's doing it well or doing it poorly, what they what they need to do is write better. They need to spend more time writing and less time yeah. jacking off and post. Yep. But like, you can't help but be excited if you love comic books that we finally have the technology to tell those stories on the screen. That's mine. Hmm. That's an interesting take. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say if I was posed the same question, I would say it's a mixed bag. Because some things, like I see, you know, there have been some amazing things like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is an amazing comic book and is probably one of the worst movies of all time. So bad. And there's some, like, surprise, out of nowhere, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, amazing. And then there's the thing. Part that, two just got announced. Yep. And just came And there's the things that should be amazing, like Suicide Squad, that turns out to be just like an unwashable piece of shit. Shiza. I'm pretty excited for Doctor Strange. Because, you know, I'm a Cumberbatch guy. You love, the, you love the Batch, yeah. I mean, enough that I had a t-shirt made in his honor. Yeah, yeah, you love that dude. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, of course you do. He's right down yeah. in the middle of oh, all your fuck. shit. I mean, he's right. Sherlock. In- is, Sherlock. Oh, my God. One of my favorite shows. Yeah, you love that. Um, well, yeah, it's a mixed it's a mixed bag. But I mean, you know, that's on that's on fucking you can't blame the genre of comic book movies for oh, no. bad writing. Like the fact that we can even like the Hulk is fucking terrible. That Edward Norton like thing was a nightmare, uh, right? Which is an Ang Lee film. By the way, oh my god! Yeah, 
The Hulk is just a problematic character. There's some characters that are set just set flawed and set up from the beginning, which don't even get me started. I'm about to fucking go on a rant on the latest Luke Cage thing on Netflix. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's actually better than I thought it would be. When I saw the previews, I was like, what in the fuck? Like, why... It suffers from the same problem as Superman, where it's like you take this guy who's so overpowered that there's no drama involved in any of the actual stories. So you have to like create yeah. drama through romantic relationships or other shit like that. And the thing that sucks about Luke Cage, and they're all doing this, by the way, to set up like an ensemble movie down the right. road that we all know. Of course. That's their master plan. Yeah. Um, which is why they're doing things like Jessica Jones as well. Like exactly. they're putting all the pieces together. Um, building fans. Yep. Yep. And, uh, the Luke Cage thing is actually better than I thought it would be, but it's still a piece of shit. Still a piece of shit. Better than I thought it would be. Still a piece of shit. I mean, I thought it was going to be a steaming hot fucking Pile. sack of shit. Yeah. It just turns out to be a piece of shit. So. Oh, well, of glowing review. Yeah. If you have like a whole bunch of stuff you need to focus on and you want some bullshit to run in the background. Perfect. Oh Yeah. Otherwise, save your time and watch something completely different. Huh. All right. Cool. Well, those are good ones. Um, before we get off of movies, I just, I just, I gotta mention, um, real quick. I won't stick on it. Um, but, uh, the Twin Cities Film Festival started mm. today and is going on for the next ten days. My good friends actually have the like headlining film. Shut up. No. Is this the one that you... Bloodstripe? The one we went... They won in LA. In they won in... Um, uh, what's the... Pro- Provincetown? They won Provincetown? That's a big one, yeah. They won LA. They're headli- like a headline feature, because I think the whole... There's like a sort of theme of this one that's around PTSD, and their film is about... Uh, Iron a Will? Female Marine that's returning. No, it's called... Oh, the blood stripe. The blood stripe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I I saw the poster. Um, yeah, because there is a theme. There's a documentary on Dynasty um, called Iron Will about PTSD, hmm. but it's a documentary. Right. Oh, um, we should go see it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it just they just sold it. Actually, they, they did. Yeah, oh, they sold it to distribution. Salute. So yeah, it's good for them. Salute. That's great. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. It, you've seen it already. I've seen it. I saw it in the LA premiere, which is the world premiere. Okay, cool. But I'll probably go see it again in Minneapolis. Well, let me know. I'll go with you. Yeah. Um, this. Yeah, I've been working with um, a nonprofit here in town, the Veteran Resilience Project. Um, mm-hmm. Who? Um, they're a uh, they're a nonprofit that um, supports veterans with post-traumatic stress. And when I saw this iron will, this documentary, um, it's narrated by Billy Bob Thornton. Who gives a shit about that? Really? To be honest, like it's almost a strike in the wrong direction for me. Does he narrate it in the sling blade voice? Cause if he did that, then, then I would be way into it. <laughs> the big one that I want to see though. Oh, so there's, um, real quick, there's a, um, they're doing this. I don't know if it's new or not, but they're doing these blocks of shorts. Hmm. So instead of going to see like 
a short in between and trying to like line up all the shorts when you're right. trying to, yeah, they're yeah. doing blocks and Ooh. there is a block of crime shorts. Oh shit. 80 minutes. Ooh. Um, so we there's like, to go catch that. let's go see it. That sounds amazing. And there's like a bunch of, there's, they're like, you know, they're shorts. They're like one reel. There are 10, 12 minutes. Um, and there's some pretty ambitious shit in there. Like there's some heist, like, like some heist movies in there. Film? Yeah, how killer does that sound? So let's let's try and go. Let's try and hit that. Um, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, crime crime block of shorts, and uh, there's also um, a it's it's not. I think they probably premiered at Toronto, um, but uh, Trespass Against Us, hmm. um, a pikey film with uh, with Fassbender and um, and Brendan Gleeson. Okay. Um, huh. And it looks, it looks. Yeah, that sounds good. Killer. So it's about Pikes. Yeah, it's three generations of Pikes that are, you know, and it has Michael Fassbender and Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, that sounds good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm in for just about anything with Fassbender. I think that guy's amazing. Oh, dude, uh, anything he's in, I'm, um, I'm in on for sure. Um, and. Yeah, and anything that's a pikey film, I mean, I'm yeah. on too. Oh yeah, and and uh, to be honest with you, apologies if that's a. I, I think that's could be a little offense. I don't know why I choose that to fucking apologize for because I save so much <laughs> other fucking off color shit. Constantly <laughs> offending. You probably because they beat the yeah. shit out of me. Like I feel yeah. like a pike. Like I'm gonna walk out of here yeah. in fucking Minneapolis and. Somebody's gonna fucking knock me out on the sidewalk. Uh, but. Traveler, <laughs> I think Traveler is the predator. It is, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they're all in shitty trailers. So, um, anyway, uh, trespass. Um, Did you ever see that documentary us. about the bare knuckle brawls yes. to like settle disputes yes. between yes. Traveler clans? Yes. It that is. Are you fucking kidding me? That is rough. Well, you know the heavyweight champion right now is a fucking pikey. No, I didn't know that. And his name is Connor McGregor. His name is Tyson. <laughs> his first name's Tyson. Is I forget his last name. It's as a you know Fairweather boxing fan. I of course forget his name. Tyson, whatever. But he's a he's a pikey and grew up like in that in that circuit. In that circuit wow. And then went on and he's the heavyweight champion of the world right now. Jesus, he beat Kalishnikov. And he he said all kinds of rotten ass shit about Kalishnikov. Cut down his wife. Cut the, like just like this. Like it, it just like a. I mean, sort of like a fucking spiky would, yeah. I guess. Like sorry to say it, but Wait, that guy. They're the. It's the two brothers. The two brother Russian brothers. Right. Their net last name isn't Kalishnikov, which is the name of the gun. It's oh my god. <laughs> it's um. Yeah, look at me. I'm shitting all over all of this. It's um. Well. It's Kalishnikov. It's um. Fuck everybody else listening knows who it is, and go ahead and fucking make fun of me. I don't care. Uh, Klitschko. Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko. Close, but no cigar. Close, close, but no Kalishnikov. Um. <laughs> anyhow, um. Minneapolis uh, Twin Cities Film Festival starts today. So if you're in town, check it out. I, I got there last year. It's all over the place, you know, in in cinema in cinemas across the across Twin Cities and 
It's fucking great, man. Yeah, it's a good film festival. Here. It is a good, good film, film festival. Town. It's getting it's getting better every year. So for sure. All right, let's uh, segue into our last segment: yeah. problems with closure, where we talk about things that we've pre. They're not new picks, but things that we've pre- previously talked about that we want to revisit. So I'm going to start because uh, last night at dinner, I was telling people about the follow the chicken. New York Times verbatim thing. Do you remember when I, the New York Times verbatim thing is the thing where they take transcripts of court cases and they take actors. Oh and they, my God, I forgot about this thing. The follow the chicken, the guy who has this like insane, yes. like he's suing a construction company that he feels like has violated, violated his like, like destroyed a bunch of his land, including part of his chicken farm. And yes. he just goes off on this, like, thing about how chickens have, like, downloaded, like, where he's learned the wisdom of the entire world, and he's rode around the entire world on the back of a chicken. This is a way callback. Yeah, this, this is, is deep. This deep was cuts. 20 episodes yeah. ago. So, anyways, I was telling people about this, and then it, I, so I went to the New York Times OpDocs, which has its own page and its own, mm-hmm. with all sorts of fucking amazing documentary content. Oh. That's what I'm here to tell people about is I got into this, like, wormhole of watching documentaries. They have an Errol Morris documentary called Demon in the Freezer. It's about we, us and Russia, currently have smallpox. Smallpox is done, completely done, except for we have stored on ice this virus and Russia has the virus, and we're both just fucking sitting on it. it Demon in the freezer? Demon in the freezer. Errol Morris? Errol Morris. 32-minute New York Times documentary. I've never even heard of this. It's, oh, it's great. And then I watched this other one, and this is what I mean, the wormhole of, like, New York Times documentaries. Uh. I watched this other one called Long-Term Parking. It's about a long-term parking lot in L.A. where all of these people who work in the airline industry and, and uh, like our fly out of LAX have trailers and they live there for like 10 to 15 years. No, no, yes. no, <laughs> no true fucking story. And it's about this community no. of people who live in these, like it, this is some bleak ass shit. Oh, and they try to play it up like, oh no, fuck. this is how I want to live. I'm free. And then, like, they'll be telling you this, and what? There's literally a guy who starts crying oh. and has to turn away from the camera. Are they are they working at at the Burger Kings in in? No, they're like some of them are pilots, flight attendants, and pilots oh, and shit like dude, that. Shut up. And basically, they start with like everyone who works in like the aviation industry has um has has AIDS. And it's like an acronym for like, like assume I'm divorced or something like that. It's oh, like they're basically just like talking about social. How, yeah, it's like this impossible to have this, a family. It's impossible to have a family. Kind of this ruins your life basically, and you end up living in a fucking trailer in long term parking. Oh my god! So awesome documentary, long term parking. And then the last one I, that I am going to recommend. I mean, there's like seriously. 150 documentaries in this series or whatever. You know, it's all short yeah, form, it's... from five minutes to there's another verbatim that's amazing that's about the um, Ferguson. It's the account of the police officer or a police officer and an eyewitness in the Ferguson thing, and they have actors okay. reenact it. Obviously, the chicken thing is hilarious. There's some other ones that are like absurd and hilarious like that. 
And then there's some really serious ones. I watched this other documentary called The Many Sad Fates of Mr. Toledano. It's about this guy who's this amazing photographer. And he, both of his parents, his mom dies suddenly. And it turns out that his mother had been hiding that his dad had Alzheimer's from him. And he had to take care of his dad. And it like really got him in touch with his own mortality. So he became obsessed with the, this idea of his own death. So he went to all these people. He did a DNA test to get a full DNA analysis. He went to all these like um, fortune tellers and you know tarot card readers to like get all of this like prognostication basically about his future. And then he he takes this thing like someone tells him he's going to be obese and die of obesity. Like in his DNA results, it says he's has heart disease and was probably going to have a stroke. So, and then he lives all these things that he has all these makeup artists come and he like, like turns one side of his face into like replicates what it would like be like to have a stroke and has all these people shoot photos. of him. And so he lives out, he decides to manifest like all of his worst fears. And it's a documentary about him going like this whole backstory of who he is. And he's this amazing photographer and does all this like stuff and he's really well known. And then this whole fascination he has with his own death and mortality and how he's investigating all these things by living them. <laughs> how long is this? Uh, this one is 32 minutes. God, it's so short. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, 32 minutes is a lifetime when you're trying to fill it for the New York times, just like creating a bunch of content. Oh my if we're God. On, like an like an online publication creating content, thirty two minutes feels like well, these people are creating like l- longer form legitimate documentaries. So, oh my God! New York Times opdocs on un by me at least unrecognized treasure trove of amazing documentary content. Holy shit, man! Killer fucking tip, killer killer tip. I cannot wait to see fucking long-term parking. <laughs> that one's only like I'm five to seven tonight. minutes. Yeah. You can watch that. Like there's a whole bunch like that that are like in that three to seven minute range. So you can just like crush a whole bunch of individual pieces. Yeah. And this way, like nowness is the same way. You know, they're all like three to seven minutes. Yeah. You can just like burn through a whole bunch and you're just like, you yep. feel like you're learning all this stuff about the world and like, Really quick succession. Yeah, which was such a killer tip um, last last week. The nowness. I've been um, I've been checking that out, um, and it's it's that kind of leads me in an in indirect way into my problem with closure, um, because in looking at nowness, I had seen some horror stuff as we come up on Halloween. Uh-huh. There have been a few horror. Um, pieces on there that I had, I had checked out and um, cause I started digging deep as soon as, as soon as I discovered it, I started just, you know, going in and that thing's deep. There's a lot of content in there. Yeah, I mean, for it, sure. Like it feels like, uh, yeah, way late to the game on that. And, and I mean, you know, we're just surrounded by so many content fucking engines these days that it's like, how the fuck do you keep up, you know, not only moving picture, but like writing and everything else. But, um, so my problem with closure goes back some time ago as well into a, a, a point, which is in all honesty, cloudy. And I don't know if I'm recalling it correctly, but I do remember us having a conversation about 
genre film and talking about horror films. Um, and I just recently, um, we, uh, we, we have a blog at work that we update pretty regularly. And, um, I contributed to a recent blog post on your favorite Halloween film, hmm. um, as we come up on the end of October here. So I, um, my contribution was a uh, Lucio Fulci because I feel like a lot of people, they don't give it, they're not able to deal with them. You know what I mean? Um, so the beyond was my pick, which was like his most accessible, like Western hmm. film. Um, Lucio Fulci for anyone who doesn't know is considered one of the godfathers of Italian gore. Um, him and Dario Argenti, yeah. um, Suspiria is the other kind of yep. most well-known one. They're, um, they're films that do not, uh, believe in strong plot structure. <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't believe that that's important to a film. They are, it's, it's a very visual, so it, it's a visceral sort of experience. Hmm. Um, and, they were made in the seventies and eighties when there was no tech involved at all. Everything hmm. was practical. Right. So that was anyway, um, that was my pick and, and that was my pick for Halloween. Um, because I think I was introduced to horror. I, like I came to love horror movies through like gory, bloody stuff. That was like, it felt like it was, you know, you shouldn't be watching it. You know what I mean? So right. there was this aspect of kind of like, you know, hiding and like secretive and I shouldn't be fucking watching this. And that just made it all that much more enticing. And I just recently read, um, I started reading the article and, and I didn't finish it on purpose because I have very strong feelings about this film. And, and I, if I could go back in time, I would change my pick for, for, what you should go back and rewatch for Halloween this year is for me, not a horror film. Hmm. It's a character study um, about Henry Lee Lucas called Henry portrait of a serial killer. Right. Um, it's a film that um, is very difficult to watch because it's, it's, like it's an art film, basically. It's not right. they they set out to make a serial killer movie, but to make it as an art film, and it's um very naked. Like there are a lot of really long shots, lots of like lingering on uncomfortable moments, and then there's also just the the like really violent murders that happen. Um but that film, have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's that I've seen that movie 10 times and I've and, seen it that many times. I think I watched it once, but yeah. And, and it probably, to be honest, like I had, I had a sick sort of like, like it, that was one of my first, I saw it when it first came out and it was one of my first, like, introductions to art film. Like I didn't know, and it's probably the wrong one, but whatever. It was like, 
oh, this is what a movie can do. I was like, I was fascinated by the fact that it like tackled this subject uh, that of like complete horror, but mm-hmm. did it without like being a like oogie boogie, right. like Friday the 13th, I'm coming to get you yeah. kind of thing. It was like, it made you sit there in stark light, in terrible sound, and and at some points it made you watch you it made you watch the murder happen through a video camera that they were shooting the video themselves of. Hmm. So anyway, um, go check out, um, go, go watch it. It's, it's a, it's a terrifying, it's a very, it's a disturbing film and you sh- everybody needs to be realize there's something a little bit more disturbing than Trump at this point. <laughs> like you'll yeah. feel better about that's, yourself. That's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, good way of looking at it. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap things up there. Um, I meant to mention at the top of the podcast, we are up to, and I realized after re-listening to our last podcast that I sort of conflated ratings and reviews, because the Hmm. ratings also come from the reviews, so we're at a total of six on our way to 20, which was the challenge, the t-shirt challenge, so I just wanted to update everyone, six. Uh, if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast, we'll accept either on the count to 20. We would love to hear from you. Please, uh, it's not only incredibly gratifying to us, but it helps other people discover good looking out and get their heads straight on what to watch, read, and listen to and eat. Uh, so we'd really appreciate it. Please. Yeah, Thanks, that'd be great. Uh, as always, to Kaya Fisher for her undying support and audio engineering assistance. Really appreciate it, and thanks to you all for listening. Yep, thanks everybody. See ya.